In December of 2020, I got my first tattoo, which didn't hurt, and I've been thinking ever since about when to get my next one. My friend Garrett designed some beautiful Till We Have Faces themed imagery for me to paint on my body permanently. But I know that it's inevitable that one day I'll get the words, it'll pass, somewhere small and discreet. The show Fleabag is vulgar and pretty obscene, I can't recommend it with a good conscience, but I watched it because of how many people that I respected called it a masterpiece of feeling, writing, subtlety, and the uniqueness of human grief. The second season is a love story between the protagonist and a priest. We don't know either of their names, they're just Fleabag and the priest, and we watch them fall in love. We know that they can't be together because of the priesthood's commitment to chastity, but we suspend reality just like they do. Amidst her struggle with grief, addiction to sex, and a refusal to be vulnerable, we watch as he becomes the first person to break through her persona and understand her deeply broken, hurting self. The narrative of their relationship includes a profound discussion of what love is and why we fall in love. Towards the end, the priest is officiating a wedding, and he gives a speech about love, saying, Love is awful. It's awful. It's painful. It's frightening. It makes you doubt yourself, judge yourself, distance yourself from other people in your life. It's all any of us want, and it's hell when we get there. Then he says, So no wonder it's something we don't want to do on our own. He says, Love isn't something that weak people do. Being a romantic takes a hell of a lot of hope. I think what they mean is, when you find somebody that you love, it feels like hope. In the last scene of the show, they sit at a bus stop together, coming to terms with the fact that they can't be together. It's late at night. The city glows on their faces. She looks at him so deeply, and for the first time in the show, we hear her say, I love you. He looks back. He waits. Finally, he nods and says only one thing. It'll pass. That's the last thing he says. It'll pass. Since I was young, I've been obsessed with the passage of time in horrible ways. When Virginia Woolf writes about it, it's always grotesque. Time is a character itself, and it's destructive, eating away at the fortresses of home and family. Everything dies, everything moves on, and you lose everything. Or at least that's what happens into the lighthouse. I adopted this view of time, too. My senior year, the single-handed obsession on my mind was the passage of time and all that it was taking away from me. Graduating, moving on from high school, losing friends. This was rarely ever logical. I hated change, and I dreaded whatever came next in my life, even if I desperately needed to change. In my freshman and sophomore year, I was lonely, physically ill, introduced to the first unhealthy friendships of my life, and a close friend attempted suicide multiple times. But most of my journal entries at the time were about fearing change, how much I didn't want my life to change, even though change and growth and newness were clearly exactly what I needed. Why? Why do we want to stay like this? Why do we keep letting things hurt us when they don't have to? This is true of people even existentially in a broader sense. Isabella has taught me a lot about a version of the divine calling, something inherent to being human. Even though there's something better out there for us, 
we tend to avoid it. No matter how holy or full or tender something is, you watch people push away things that are good. Like Paul says, we do the things we ought not to do, and we don't do the things we ought to do. Even when we know something greater is calling us, something that promises ultimate restoration and even perfection, we still want to stay in the here and the now. Fleabag and the priest know that they can't be together and that they have to move past that. They also know that they changed each other for the better. And since seeing the show, the phrase has become a thousand things to me when I think about time or grief or illness or the mortality of the world. I know without fail that, yes, time is relentless and indiscriminate, but it's relentlessly healing and relentlessly progressive. There's pain all around, but it, it'll pass. We will pass into a veil. I won't be sick anymore. My days won't start with gross nausea and anxiety. I will fulfill every holy dream I've ever had. Christian, I'll hike with you for days. Abby, I'll be as spontaneous as you want. Hannah, we will run through a wheat field. And even though I can't do any of that now, it'll pass. Actually, all of the signs of the aversion to the divine will pass. The way we stay in unhealthy times and places, the way we avoid deeper, higher callings in exchange for momentary gratification, the way the fallen natural world and sickness makes me dizzy in my head and ache from head to toe. I don't need to see time as destructive and grotesque anymore. We were made to pass, and the pain will be passed by.